Welcome to the VO School podcast, dedicated to the art, craft, and business of voiceover. Each week builds upon the last to give you a comprehensive understanding of a career in VO. My name's Jamie Moffat. I'm a full-time voice talent and audio engineer, and I'll be joined by some of the industry's top professionals on both sides of the microphone to drill down and dig up the truth. Hello, welcome to episode nine of the VO School podcast. And today we're talking about everything to do with voiceover conferences. And we have two gentlemen on today who really know what they're talking about when it comes to conferences. And they are Gerald Griffith, who is the CEO and founder of VO Atlanta, which is a voiceover conference, and Dave Corvassier, who is president of Wovo. And Wovo puts on a VO conference every year too. So two very knowledgeable chaps to talk about this subject. We were going to be doing an episode on the business side of voiceover and that is not cancelled, it's just postponed due to scheduling conflicts. So that should be coming along in a couple of weeks time, maybe three weeks time. In the meantime, we've got some really great episodes lined up anyway. So before we launch into the interview, we will have our usual bit of social media plugging. So connect with us on Facebook, and the address for that is facebook.com slash groups slash podcast. And we're also on Twitter at VOSchoolPro. And yeah, that's pretty much it, really. Uh, there's no need to hold the interview up any longer. We'll go through the bios and get to the interview after this short break. Style. Power. You're watching the home of the NFL. The all-new iPhone. Reserve your Disney World season pass now. Through all the runny noses, three in the morning coughs, an all-new American crime story, tonight on FX. Hi, it's J. Michael Collins, and these are just a few examples of the first-class demos my team and I are producing. If you'd like to have something similar, visit jmcvoiceover.com and click on the Demo Production tab to find out more. Dave Corvossier is the president of World Voices Organization, the only industry trade association advocating for voice actors. He's been a professional voice actor for 10 years, while finishing up a career as an Emmy award-winning TV news anchorman of 37 years. Dave is the author of More Than Just a Voice, The Real Secret to Voice Acting, and writes a highly regarded blog for the community five days a week. Gerald Griffith is the executive producer and founder of the VO Atlanta VoiceOver Conference. He has a background with public speaking and an extensive background as a technology professional. Having founded VoiceOver City LLC in 2012, Gerald has continued to work to provide a space where people can learn and network while working towards their goals. VO Atlanta is a reflection of Gerald's desire to connect real people in person and to provide this type of engagement and learning opportunity to the voiceover community. Here's our interview with Dave Corvossier and Gerald Griffith.
All right, so today we're joined by Gerald Griffith of VO Atlanta and Dave Corvusier from Wovo. So welcome. Hey, thanks, Jamie. Good to be here. Yeah, great. Before we get started, as Dave, you're here today, I want to ask you about Wovo because you actually wear multiple hats here. You're not just representing the convention, but you're also a voice actor and you're also president of Wovo. So why don't you tell everyone what Wovo is? Wovo is an industry trade association specifically for the voice acting community. Um, there wasn't one before Wovo. We feel like we're filling a niche and a need in the community. Um, so we advocate, we promote, we educate, we create awareness for the voice actor. We speak uh, for the voice actor. And, uh, you know, we coordinate a lot of resources. We're a nonprofit organization, so we exist on the uh, subscriptions of our members. And, and we try to be active in the community to, um, to speak for the voice actor. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a great organization. Um, And of course, you put on WovoCon every year, and we're going to be talking about that shortly. So before we uh, jump into specifics, um, I'd like to give listeners a sense of specifically what a voiceover conference is. How does it work? What does it look like? Uh, Gerald, why don't you kick off with that? Okay, I'm I'm happy to to do that. Uh, Well, in the case of VO Atlanta, which... um, I think obviously, you know, Volvo has a conference. I have a conference. They would just come at it from slightly different angles, but they're yeah. at its core, they're both designed to create an environment where members of the community can come together and, and engage with one another. Um, right. And then beyond that, when it comes to VO Atlanta, one of the things I try to focus on is making sure we have those resources there that can share with them, hey, here's what we're looking for. Here's the good stuff we see happening. Here's the bad stuff we see happening. And here's what you need to be doing in order to grow your career. Right, right. So it's a real mixture of a number of things, really, not just the networking, but the learning side and the advocating for the industry side as well. Uh, is that the same at Wovocon, Dave? You know, I think uh, foundationally, all voiceover conferences help to bring people together in real time, in real space, where you can shake someone's hand, look them in the eye, because let's face it, we all tend to operate individually in our own uh, sphere, in our own uh, studio. Mm. It's it's We operate virtually online, and wow, what a chance to get to shake Bob Sauer's hand and yeah. or, <laughs> or, you know, anybody else that you look up to. You can actually meet them in person. And, and Gerald is correct. VoiceOver Atlanta is a great learning experience, but you learn by being in close proximity with those people that you respect. And you can ask them questions right to their face and, and, uh, and get some answers that, that um, will impress you because you're in their environment. You're right there with them. Yeah. Uh, as far as Wovo, it ha- Gerald's right. We have a, a little bit different aspect to it because this is a, um, a conference for Wovo members only. We're approaching a thousand members, so that has a pretty good universe of possibilities. When we get together, we typically uh, see our last conference. We had about a hundred and fifty, uh, so that's a small percentage of our total. And yet, it's those people who want to come see someone else personally, uh, get a chance to be educated by others in our group, uh, and it's also a chance for us as a community of voice actors who believe the same mission and vision. Uh, to get together and compare notes. We have what we call a family meeting or a shareholders meeting on the Sunday of the weekend that we get together. And we just, we sit and brainstorm about things that we think we should be turning our attention to. And speaking as a, with your sort of voice talent hat on there, Dave, uh, presumably you've been to a number of different conferences and and you yourself notice those differences as well in the, the approach? 
Um, I think each conference has a different goal. Um, Gerald's is the preeminent uh, and certainly the largest uh, voiceover conference going right now. But at one time, uh, Voice uh, by James Alberger and Penny Abshire, uh, mm. that, was, that was the one. And for many years, that was the one to, uh, to emulate. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the landscape has shifted and Gerald's capitalized on that very well. And it's it's the um, it's the conference that you'll want to go to as an open voice actor. Right. Um, right now, there are other smaller venues and conferences around the country, um, but I think Gerald's is is the one to go to for for the maximum exposure. Right. So, Gerald, who are voiceover conferences for? You alluded to it earlier that it's a bit of a mixture of people, but does it uh, benefit certain newbies or like established people? Is it a mixture of everyone or is it specifically for certain groups? Well, I'll, I'll address it this way. Um, as far as my role, because sometimes people will ask, you know, well, I'm not an in the booth talent. So my role is to create the environment. And in doing so, what I try to do is think about who you want to invite in. So I try to look at it from the opposite side of the fence, so to speak. Right. Because again, I go back to saying that a lot of times people don't know what they need to know in order to train and prepare themselves properly. Right. Yeah. So yes, there are resources there for people who are just getting started. I generally sometimes will shy away from saying it should be the first thing someone goes to, mm. even when they're here in Atlanta and they say, well, I've not taken anything. I sometimes will say, well, try to find an intro class somewhere, um, even if it's online, that may be able to at least get your feet wet, learn a little of terminology or something so you're not overwhelmed. Because when you come to conference, for instance, in 2018, we're uh, looking at somewhere between 600 and 700 people being there. So it can wow. be a lot for you to go from no experience in the industry to suddenly yeah. you know, 600 plus people uh, with their different experiences in there. but also, on the other side of that, we have people who've been in the industry a very long time. And what I find most amazing is, in many cases, they've worked together for five or 10 years sometimes, and they've never sat down yeah. in front of each other. They've never shaken hands. They've never hugged. They've never shared a beer or lunch or anything. It's all been online. It's all been over the phone. And so that's one of the things I really get excited about is when I see people who they're just so fired up about the chance to actually have human engagement in real time. <laughs> that's, and, it. That's, yeah, it. that's it. That's <laughs> it. That's, that's the magic of any conference, I think. And Gerald, Gerald's especially creates this energy and, I, and I'm not quite sure how he does it, but it's great. It, the, the whole conference has this, this energy. And when you leave it, you're like two feet off the ground. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a wonderful experience uh, that's sharing in the personal space of others. And there's something yeah. about voiceover people specifically because we do spend so much of our time in isolation that something like a conference right. be becomes so more ever more important because of that. Right. Know? Yeah. I think I think yeah, I get asked that a lot. Like what do you why what do I think is so different? Why does it feel different? And mm. I think probably one of the things that I try to do, even when I'm looking at presenters and things like that to come to the conference, I don't start off with the topics. I start off with the people. Right. And I personally talk to each and every one of them. And if you ask any of them, you know, what type of stuff do you talk about on the call? Probably more than half of the call, if not 75% of the call has nothing to do with voiceover. I'm talking to right. them not because I want to know about their professional credentials. I can read that on their website. 
I want to know about them. I want to know, you know, are they a family person? Do they do they like fishing or hiking? I want to know something about who they are. Right. And then that's the stuff I can build around because I feel like if I can connect with you and have a great call with you as an individual and that you might be able to convey your experience and knowledge to the people that are attending, mm. then it works. If I just went off of credentials and said, hey, this person's, you know, they've won this award or that award, or they've been on this project or that project, but they don't know how to effectively communicate that experience to people, yeah. then it, it doesn't really work as well in, in my perspective. So is that is that your biggest hurdle then when putting on an event like this is to curate those speakers and those experts to come in and get that sort of mixture right? Well, it, it used to be. <laughs> uh, at, at this point, a lot of it is referral. And so generally, I find that within the industry, reputation matters and people, uh, they don't refer people that they don't believe in. Mm-hmm. And that's a really personal thing. So fortunately, I've been been blessed, I think, in, in ways that I've formed great relationships and people have come to the conference. They've seen what the conference is about and they felt comfortable passing that recommendation on to, to their peers and other people within the industry. And it's especially true with like keynotes. Um, Mm. My keynote people, when I would reach out to them, one of the first things they would ask is, well, who else have you had as a keynote? Mm. Because they want, they want to see what level of talent you're bringing in, what level of experience you're bringing in. And so what I do a lot of times with the keynote is ask that year's keynote to refer two or three potential keynotes for the following year. Right. Yeah. And Mm. so that's one of those type of things. I think it's a lot of it is relationship based and credibility and their ability to, to convey their experience to the audience. Uh, how do you, how do you find your speakers, Dave? Again, we find uh, through referral, but because we've done four or five of these now, we uh, we get asked. People will ask us, "Can I can I show up? Will will you uh, let me make a presentation?" Mm. Uh, and of course, we require that uh, the presenter be a member of World Voices. Uh, so often, we gain another member that way. <laughs> uh, but overall, our our goal is to bring in the quality speakers, uh, the people with experience, the ones who have. Uh, universal appreciation of their reputation, like Gerald said. Um, but we often are approached by people who want to appear at our conference because they know it's uh, it's the right uh, target audience for, for them. Right. And that I was going to actually mention, uh, speak about that now, because that is very different to VO Atlanta in, insofar as you have to be a WOVO member to not only speak, but actually attend WOVO. So that it becomes slightly niche in that respect, doesn't it? Right, it is, um, but we we really like that association of people who are just members because they've yeah. already proven to us that they uh, they share our goals, our vision, our commitment to excellence, education, awareness, promotion, advocacy. Uh, so we don't have to uh, work around that to begin with. It's already accepted. We, we we go from there from that point and and carry on with our conference. We we all know that we're like souls. Right. Um, I, I'd, I'd really like to, to mention, uh, though, about Gerald and, and his conference, is we cannot overstate the amount of detail work it takes to put on a conference like Gerald's. Uh, oh, uh, he yeah. works on it all year, I'm sure. Uh, we work on it about a half a year. We start planning way ahead of that, but we really uh, dig in our heels and start working in the details, and it's, it's innumerable. Uh, you can't overstate right. the amount of detail it takes to uh, to plan a, an event like this. It's just huge. 
Well, Gerald, when when you're putting on an event like this and and you do, you know, it is open to anyone. So how do you cater to the full gamut of people who are going to come in, you know, the newbies and the experts? That must be complicated. Uh, it's not, honestly. Um, no. I think I think the voiceover industry is unique in, in, in the regard that people don't typically grow up thinking they want to be voice talent. And so what you find is people who, even if they're brand new to voiceover, it's rare that they're brand new to careers or work or experience. Right. And I, I kind of approach it more from the people side of it. And I often share with people that I see VO Atlanta as a people conference that caters to the voice acting community. Right. But first and foremost, I want people to walk away from it with great relationships, with a, a stronger network, and with better knowledge about what they're doing in the business. And so it's not just about me saying, oh, we have this subject and that subject and this workshop and that workshop. I really at its core comes down to creating that environment where people can feel free to learn and connect. And, you know, sometimes I get asked each year, well, hey, why don't you put the titles on the on the name badges so we'll know who's an agent or who's a director? Mm. And then I, I tell them, you know, we have that listed like in the program guide, but for walking around purposes, I'd rather you just know who they are. I want you to know who they are first, yeah. not just what they do. And so when we do things like lunch, it's an open lunch. You know, you can sit anywhere. There's no table for directors or agents. Mm. You could be at your first voice acting event ever, and you could be sitting right next to the keynote speaker. Wow. <laughs> um, so I just try to focus on the people aspect of it and creating a space where people can really just feel comfortable connecting. And, and honestly, it works. I mean, I've had agents come back and say, wow, you know, it was this was great. I, I learned so much just sitting at the table, listening to the talent talk among themselves or right. the talent come and say, Oh my God, I couldn't believe I was sitting next to Scott Brick. And I was like, you mean to tell me Scott Brick eats lunch too? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, that's, that's probably the, the difference for me is I don't know that I, I target any particular group. When I look mm -hmm. at demographics, most of our attendees are somewhere between 30 and 50. Mm -hmm. Um, that's our largest group uh, that attend. So. so specifically speaking about newcomers to the industry now, because this podcast, at least to start off with, is, is sort of looking at that end of the industry. Um, what can you walk away with after a weekend at uh, a conference that you didn't arrive with? What specific things a lot more friends, <laughs> a lot more people you can, you know, either that you have in your uh, Rolodex now who that you can call on a moment's notice and they'll take your call. They'll take your email because they know you personally. They've seen you in person. And and again, that, that's what I mentioned at the outset of this interview is is that uh, it's that personal touch and, and the chance to uh, share this, breathe the same air. Um, so I, I think for starters, newcomers are, are looking for a, a chance to, uh, to to do that networking and have that um, have that one on one. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. It, yeah, you can't you can't overstate the relationship part of it. Uh, but one of the things I think is very valuable to to people who are getting started is the people who have invested to come to the conference tend to be people who are really looking for serious paths forward. They're not looking mm -hmm. just to watch a quick YouTube video and think they've got it all figured out. Right. So 
when they come there, they're able to listen to people who've been to this thing 20 years, 30 years, people who have Emmys and people who are just getting booking their first jobs. And you get a real world perspective of what lies ahead of you you know, the the work that goes into it. You get to hear the stories of how people ended up on the top, not just that they made it to the top, but how they get there and mm-hmm. what they do to stay there. And so I hope that's one of the things they take away is that it's not an overnight success. There's no lottery ticket here. Right. You've got to put in the work. You've got to be steadfast. You've got to hang in there. You've got to realize that the, the season is, uh, well, the the field is uh, seasonal in some ways. So you could be the best prepared in a particular area, but maybe it's just not the season that that thing is very popular at that moment. Mm. But the next year you could have your calendar book solid. You know? right. <laughs> I, th- I think the other thing that newcomers get is just flat out inspiration. You know, they, they get a chance to rub shoulders with the other professionals in this business and they're inspired by their stories. Uh, They may come with a specific question, you know, how can I be a better marketer? They seek out the person that they uh, think has the answer, uh, and and they become inspired by the other person's story. Mm. Um, So you you really need to incorporate that into your formula for good conferences. How can I be inspired, and how can I cover everybody's need for inspiration? Gerald just does that wonderfully. Yeah. So, uh, Gerald, you just said there that uh, a little while ago that you have agents attend your conference. Um, Mm -hmm. What about people's expectations when they go there? Is it likely that they could potentially sign with an agency after meeting with someone there? Does that that happen? It does. Um, It's it's one of those areas where I, you know, I have a lot of mixed views on because on on the one hand, you know, from a marketing standpoint, you, you want to tout things, you want to talk up things. But at the same time, I don't sell pixie dust, mm. you know, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't believe the conference should be a place to hype stuff. Right. I don't want people coming with some false expectation that, you know, you pay this amount of money and you're going to get signed with this person and you're going to do this and do that. No, come to learn, come to meet other people in the industry. Yeah. If the other stuff happens, for instance, we do a talent screening and I invite in agents, directors, people who are involved in the industry, but we randomize it. So you don't even get to pick who you're going to read for. Right. You just, you just put your name in the bucket and you'll get assigned to someone. Because to me, I don't want you trying to be so strategic in, oh, I want to read for that person. Right. I just want you to be open to the idea that you're going to get feedback on your performance, your live performance from someone who's qualified to give it. And if it so happens that they felt so strongly about your performance that they want to bring you in or they want to refer you to someone else, then I think that's great. I just don't want you coming with that as your calculus. Right, right. Yeah, Dave, similar thing. And the question was? VO Atlanta has agents attending and uh, there's some expectation that you'll go to a conference and sign with an agent and that'll be the thing that kickstarts your career or something like that. How does it, how does it work in reality? I think if you go to a conference and you know that there will be agents there, it's up to you to get signed by that agent. It's mm. up to you to meet that person, to inject yourself into their space and, uh, you know, very uh, comfortably uh, introduce yourself and and open a conversation. There's no guarantee. I think Gerald's right. Uh, you know, he can't start with that as the goal. He can invite the right people. It's up to you to, to network uh, on, on the level that you need to. 
Um, so, you know, if you come looking for agents, great. They're go- there's going to be some agents there. Now, what are you going to do with it? How will right. you approach that? How will you capitalize on that? Yep. Right. And, and they need to educate themselves about who specifically they're looking to get with. Because one of the things mm-hmm. that I've heard from agents is there's a distinct difference between people who approach them, who've done some homework, they know what that agency represents, they know what that strong suit is for that agency, and they know why they're trying to get with them and what they have to offer. But sometimes you have talent who, they just want to be signed by somebody. Right, yeah, anyway. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's not a good selling point, you yeah. know, that, and, and they'll sometimes look at it. And here they are, an agency that may focus on network promo, and then this person's e-learning. And it's like, you're, you're not the same thing. And right. so the agent sometimes will tell me, they'll say, I'm not even sure why after 10 minutes they stood there telling me about themselves, but I don't know why they're talking to me because I don't represent the stuff they're, they're promoting mm. themselves as. Right. So, so preparation then is important before you even go there. What, what preparation should someone do before they attend a conference in that case? Have a comfortable pair of shoes. <laughs> yes. Get plenty of sleep. <laughs> uh, get a, definitely get a lot of rest. Uh, uh, I would say as far as preparation is concerned, um, they need to understand where where they are in, in the process and, and kind of have an honest assessment of where they are. If mm-hmm. you're just beginning, it's okay. Everybody there began somewhere. Right. Somewhere. And it's probably the one rule I have, no matter where they are in, 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 in the association with the conferences, I don't have any tolerance for anybody looking down on anybody. Mm. You know, I, I tell my presenters the same thing. That's the only way you'll, you'll like really tick me off is if I ever hear that you talk down to somebody because they're new. Yeah. Don't do it. You know, um, so everybody started somewhere, but just be okay with being a beginner. Be honest about that because People are very helpful in this community, but they're less helpful if you try to pretend to be something you're not. Right. I've got this image in my mind of a voice talent showing up with a dossier of, you know, agents and celebrities with a picture of Bob Bergen at the top and a list of their credits. And then they go around hunting out these people. You know, that's not really something that happens. (laughs) That's a turnoff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've uh, because of because of my technology background, um, I've headed off a lot of that in the past by right. two key things. One is that we have a code of conduct that I address at the start of every conference that <laughs> that discourages that very strongly. Right. The second part is that, for instance, in 2018, we're rolling out a new mobile app, and within that mobile app. Everyone registered for the conference will have an opportunity to create their profile. They'll be able to attach one or more demos to their profile. And so oh. what that does is they they don't have to walk around saying, can I email you my demo? Can I get you to listen to my demo? Anybody in the system can listen to anybody in the system's demo. If you oh, posted wow. it, we assume you wanted it to be heard. And I encourage the agents and directors and stuff to take a listen. And so you could just be sitting there at lunch. And someone's just listening in and realize that you sound like a hard worker. You sound like someone who knows what you're doing. You sound like someone who's who's focused and might be good on their roster. So now they want to they're gonna look at your name tag and they say, oh, okay. Well, they could just pull you up on their tablet or their laptop or their cell phone and listen to your demo, go to your website, read your bio right there. You never had to even interact with them for them to know who you are and what you offer. Wow, that's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. Great. 
Yeah, it sort of uh, takes out the need for having a handful of business cards and all that kind of stuff as well, and CDs and other ways that people promote themselves. So if it's an agent and they meet someone in the hallway and uh, they say, oh, do you want to listen to my stuff? The agent can pull up that person's details and then they can save it. It's, it's, it's built into the mobile app, so they'll have access to it before they even get to the conference and mm. and afterwards. So it's not something you've got to really hunt down, but they can save, they can tag them as a favorite that they want to, you know, build their own little list of people that they want to follow up with and talk to and things like that. So, yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I love that. Um, so, Dave, um, what about post-conference and following up? What is your advice for that? Uh, on an individual basis, um, I, I think it's important that you uh, make a list either during or after the conference of people you wanted to talk to that you didn't get to, even the ones that you did get to talk to, to follow up. Right. There might be questions uh, that you uh, weren't able to find answers to. There, you know, I'm, I'm big on list making. I believe that you know, it's important while it's still fresh in your mind to make a list of those things uh, that you want to follow up on. Mm. Um, and then make the point of doing that. You know, set the goal to make one call or one email per day until you've exhausted the list and, uh, and, and get the follow up that you, that you needed. After after the conference, I think uh, that's pretty important. As as an organization, uh, we send out a survey, uh, and I think Gerald does this too. We send out a survey to all of our members who attended, and we ask them, did we do this right? Did we do that right? What could we do better? Mm. What's the new idea for the next year? What was missing? How can we enhance your experience at the conference? Uh, that's so important to get that metric afterwards because uh, right. it's in hindsight that you that you feel those those strong uh, emotions about uh, about the conference. Right. And you can steal Gerald's app idea for next year if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure we got the resources for that. That's a great idea, though, Gerald. <laughs> yeah, tr trust me, it is, it is certainly an investment, I'll put it. Well, see, that's what I was saying about, you know, the detail work that goes into it. I mean, ask any event planner or conference planner. It's it's daunting, um, the, the amount of work that goes into it. And Gerald has ambassadors. He has staff, you know, for this uh, to make it work. And, and um, it's it's a it's a big job. It, but, you know, uh, it, it is, it is. But one of the, the big payoffs for me is to literally stand in the corner several times throughout the course <laughs> of the event. I, I stand in the corner. I literally do. I'll, I'll come into a room and I'll just stand in the corner. And it really is an exciting experience to just stand there and see it all unfold in front of you. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. you created it. It's like, this is my thing. I did this. <laughs> yeah. So well, the field of dreams. <laughs> you'd be proud of it, yeah. I have this thing where I, I think it's I think it's a great privilege sometimes to you know, Dave, you've probably had this right where it's like you give a person a little bit of advice or something, and then a year later they come back and, and you see that they've blossomed and and they've mm. achieved something, and you just feel that little sense of pride to know that yep. just that one little tiny thing you did contributed to their to their journey, you know and. Well, you can call it pay it forward or pay it back or uh, or giving or, you know, whatever it is, but it does have its own reward uh, and there's no cost involved. You know, there's no there's no necessarily a dollar figure attached to it. You just gave something freely and you saw it bloom. It, it edifies your your life. Yeah. And, and is that why you got into it? Is that why you did it? Or is that just a sort of happy accident that that happened? Why, you know, why did you start a voiceover conference there, Gerald? <laughs> well, it, initially when I started one back in, the first one was 2013. It was because there was nothing close to Atlanta. The closest mm. conference was like New York or Chicago or yeah. L.A. And so I was like, come on, there's got to be something that we could do within a thousand miles of Atlanta. <laughs> um, 
And that was it. The, the initial goal was simply to to provide something that would attract people um, for the, from the Southeast United States. That was right. the goal, was just to, to be the Southeast conference mm-hmm. um, type of thing. And, you know, here we are going into six years later and 13 countries, 44 states. Yeah. It's, it's not that regional anymore. So. Yeah, you're, you're taking over the world gradually. Mm. Um, I hope not. It's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Why did you think, uh, from a Wavo perspective, a conference was important, Dave? Again, uh, we all work in isolation. Uh, we have a very tight-knit membership, um, and we enjoy each other's company online. But, uh, gee, I'd love to meet this person uh, in person. Uh, and so we thought it was important that, that we provided a chance for people to actually connect physically. Mm-hmm. And it also really, we found out that in, in our few uh, conferences that we've had, we found out that that family meeting, that shareholders meeting, uh, is really a chance to hash out and brainstorm and just throw out ideas and 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 share in real time in, in the same space the ideas that'll move this organization forward. Hmm. Uh, and that is that has turned out to be the seminal moment of the weekend is that family meeting. It, it's two to three hours long, and and we sit and it's just a give and take. Uh, we we sit around a circle and just and just brainstorm. Okay. Um, that that has uh, huge benefits for our organization. Okay, hey, Dave, for it to be a family thing, is there food involved? Oh, you bet. Food. <laughs> and uh, and we have a karaoke night, too, and you know, oh. we have fun. I think, you know, I, let's let's face it, we're all creatives in the voice acting industry, and we like to have fun, and so there's the camaraderie, too, that that factor of networking that, that you know, we create friendships. That's that's huge. It is. And, and look, one thing I do want to point out, you know, is, is Volvo has their, their event, and and Dave kind of alluded to this earlier that that there are other events out there. And I know sometimes I've been on the call and people say, oh, well, you know, this event versus the other event or something like that. And it's like, I want there to be other events out there. I, I love the idea that there are other events that take place. I, I think it's wonderful. And I encourage people to to attend them and, and be active and engage and be in, in the community and stuff like that. And so there's just mm-hmm. something special about, you know, s- sitting there and enjoying time together and and mm-hmm. you know the the laughter and the karaoke nights and and all of it oh my god they never want to go to sleep they got kicked out <laughs> the last time because the place was closing and they just never stop and they're so talented there's so <laughs> much talent mm-hmm. in the voice acting community that it's literally just mind-boggling sometimes so i'm going over you know like when we do the scholarship every year people submit their application and they or same with the ambassadors, they submit stuff and they tell us about themselves. And I'm like, oh my God, this person was a doctor. Oh my God, this person was a teacher. This person was a professor. This person, you know, it's like all these backgrounds. And I think that's one of the things, like I said, it's so amazing about the industry is that these are people who in many cases are coming to voiceover as a second or third career endeavor of theirs. And they bring so much to the table. That's why voiceover, uh, VO Atlanta, um, we, we don't use the term newbie. Mm. Um, I use the term beginner <laughs> or novice because I, you know, I just think people bring so much that mm-hmm. to call them a newbie is really a little strange yeah. because they they might have 15 years in the medical background and they're looking to start a voice acting. And guess what? If they're even decent, but they have that jargon and those relationships with the medical industry yeah. to, to build on. In some ways, they have an advantage over the person who's trying hard to learn all of those terms. Yeah, um, 
And so I tell them, you know, use what you got, you know, start where you are, leverage all the experience that you bring with you. Don't think of it as starting over. Just think of it as retrofitting and and repurposing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And Jamie, if I may, um, one of the other things we haven't touched on yet is when you go to these conferences, you're you're likely to run into people who do quite a bit of coaching. Uh, they may be voiceover professionals themselves, or they may be professional marketing coaches or, or uh, you know, something like that. And so y- you go in because everybody is encouraged to do to get coaching every year, continually, twice a year, three times a year, find a coach, someone you can work with. Well, this is a chance for you to, again, meet the coach in person, find out if the chemistry is there, find out if their expertise in their area of expertise fits with your need. Uh, it's a great chance to choose a coach, uh, to choose a, a guide, a mentor someone that you know you can uh, connect with and, and you've done that in person, now you can continue it on Skype or on the phone. Yeah, that's a really useful benefit to going to a conference because that that finding that relationship is is a lot mm-hmm. of a slower process if you're purely doing it online or something like that. So right. yeah, I'm, I'm so, it's so nice to hear that, I mean, I knew you guys were friendly anyway, but um, that, that it's such a small community that these conferences, there's not such a bitter rivalry between them which i'm kind of it would have been fun to have you guys fighting you know but you know that's <laughs> <up>. <laughs> no i we support you know we we i remember the first time our our then president dustin ebaugh went to atlanta uh this was i don't know 2014 or 2015 gerald i'm not sure uh, but he came back and he goes man we want that we want the kind of energy that gerald's you know how do we do that when we sat and talked a long time about how you managed to create that sense of community and energy we've tried to you know to emulate that in our, in our conference and not, it's not it's not apples and apples so we you know we have to change up the formula a little bit but uh, we support Gerald and because he is bringing the community together and, and we we do that too Gerald's given us a lot of support as well I, I don't see any reason why it should be any other way yeah, yeah it's not a it's not a huge community I think there's very little room for trying to further divide a small group of people you know yeah. along mm-hmm. a bunch of lines um I, I I love that Wovo represents an organizational structure that's that's different. It has a different focus than, than what I do with the event. And, and there's a place for all of that. And I think that's mm-hmm. where, um, where it comes in. And, and once even in my case, sometimes I remember in those beginning years, you know, there was a little apprehension about, you know, well, what's his angle and, you know, what's, <laughs> what's he up to and stuff. And, and I get it, you know, I get it, but, you know, I just had to kind of stay focused on it and just say, Hey, you know, look, I'm, I'm planning the event side of it, and I, I bring together the expertise. I don't pretend to be a coach and planner. I just focus on the planning aspect of it. And trust me, there are enough phone calls, meetings, emails, okay. lunches, breakfasts, all, you know, all those things to, to, <laughs> to count for enough time uh, in, in, in that process. But it's great. I mean, having Dave... Uh, and, and the Wovo group there at the conference is, is great. And I think it does give people that sense that, hey, you know, I don't have to pit one against the other. There are a lot of people who go to both. They they, mm-hmm. they go to Wovo, they they come mm-hmm. to Neo Atlanta um, and things like that. They just have a different focus, a, a different mission to it. And, um, you know, f- for me, it's, it's an open platform and hopefully it's a great launching pad for people who are getting started or just, you know, sometimes the people who've been in the industry a while, it's a great chance for them to just reconnect with their peers and their friends in the industry and, and have a good time and just be away from the day-to-day work um, wherever they might be in the country. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's, I'd like to finish off now with a couple of questions from our listeners, because I reached out a little while ago and uh, I have some questions here that I'd like to present to you. 
So Abby Getty asks, how do you make the best use of your time and energy at a conference, especially if you're somewhat new to the business? Ask a lot of questions. Introduce yourself to plenty of people. Be honest about your approach. Uh, tell them, I'm a newcomer. Um, gee, I've been a nurse for uh, 35 years, but I, I really want to work in voice acting now. I mean, be, be candid about your approach. And I think the honesty is the best policy in, in that regard. Uh, tell people, this is, you know, I really need help in marketing. I, I need to find a good coach. Uh, can, can you help me make a uh, reference to a, someone who can do my demo. You know, just be honest about what you need, and and the word will get around the conference. Oh yeah, I talked to Debbie. She really wants to work with you because she heard that you're really good at promos. You know, something like that. Uh, I just think the you know, come in if you can. See who's going to be there that that's on your wish list, and and you know, make a again make a list of those people you definitely want to contact while you're there, and don't be distracted. Stick with your list. Right, and Gerald. Um, I would say a lot of the same things Dave said. I would say, you know, be a, be a good person first, you know, let them meet you, um, first. And one of the things I encourage them is, is an approach I call finding threads. And what that means is find something that's not necessarily voiceover connected at all in which to connect with people on. So maybe you're from the same state. Maybe you went to the same college. Maybe you both attend the same type of church. Maybe you both like the color blue. You both have three kids. Mm. Whatever it is, have a conversation and engagement on something that connects you as people. Because it's more likely that they'll remember they had a great conversation with someone who was getting started and, and follow up with that later than it is you just being another person running up to them going, hey, can I get you a list of my demo? Right. Hey, can yeah. I get you a list of my demo? Yeah. Because there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's 500, 600 people there who may ask that same question. But if they can remember that, hey, you were just getting started in a voiceover and you were trying to ask some questions about maybe where you should start your training, but you also happen to be from the same city I grew up in, then I'm mm. going to remember that, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, I remember now. So I always just strive to say, you know, if you're new, Take some time and listen, mm. you know, just listen to the conversations. And mm. then if you can jump in somewhere, jump in somewhere. If, if, if it's just an opportunity for you to learn from listening, then do that. But because there's a lot of stuff there, there's, there's a lot to absorb there. That's great. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So Jeff Friedman asks, I'd like to hear thoughts on the pros and cons of attending national VO conferences versus smaller regional conferences. So, Gerald, you said you started off as a regional one, but you've quickly become national and international. So you could probably speak to that, start off with. Um, from my standpoint, I don't know that it's an either or. I think they they speak mm. to different things. Um, I think regional engagement is important because you'll find people that are already operating in your area and they have found success in, in what's working in that particular market because for instance, you know, a, a market around New Orleans, the Louisiana area, is likely very different than a market in New York City. Mm. So, you know, if you were having regional events in both, you know, whichever one you live in is probably going to be a little more relevant to to what you might experience on a day-to-day basis. Mm. The the one I have, it's actually a little global now because we have a, a large contingent from Canada and the UK and different things like that. Mm. It's just a different perspective of the business overall. And so, you know, you may walk away with ideas of, wow, you know, I was only thinking regionally, but now I'm finding that there are opportunities for me to also 
take on work in Central America or the United Kingdom or India or Australia or something because of the power of the internet. You can be a lot of places. Right. Yeah. Dave? I'll agree with everything Gerald said. I, you know, when you go to a national conference, you you increase the chances of your being exposed to a, a wide spectrum of experience, uh, uh, people from different countries, as Gerald said, different regions of the country. Um, I'm not sure the experience is that different uh, ge- geographically anymore. I think a person from Atlanta and a person from Omaha uh, probably faces much the same challenge. Uh, yes, you have local vendors and producers you might work with, um, but so much of it is now global. Uh, because we're world voices, we are really um, looking forward to holding uh, mini cons. We call them mini cons. We've done one in Nashville. We hope to hold a mini con in Toronto or even the UK in the next year, two years. Oh, wow. um, we think it's important to you know to to spread our our wings as far as we can and and reach the global audience. We also have people come from Australia and um, South America. Uh, to our conferences and and boy that experience they bring the perspective they bring just adds so much to the flavor so yeah uh, there's advantages and dis- disadvantages to both uh, i think i'm with gerald that they don't necessarily compete with each other there's there's a different appeal to the global or the national as opposed to the regional okay great all right and my final question here is from zach alleman and he says i'd love to know if any of these conferences are made accessible to people outside the us or uk via things like live streams for example central america doesn't have any vo conferences and i know that zach is actually from central america so um it's relevant mm. well we uh, we do that we we especially our family meeting and one or two of the other uh presentations at the conference and when we have to kind of check to make sure it's okay with a presenter and with the audience that they don't mind being on camera or they don't mind being mm-hmm. referenced uh, in the live stream that can get into some uh, legal or even personal issues that people don't want to be seen on camera or whatever but we we live stream our family meeting um, on Facebook and we expect we and we promote it we, we expect people to join in to chat with us and ask questions and be part of that conversation because they if they aren't there in person they can then participate in that way so I think it's becoming more and more important. Um, uh, Gerald may have a different perspective, though. Gerald? Well, uh, from Via Atlanta, we have we have different versions of live streaming. Uh, we have you know different interviews and things that we do that are just publicly accessible. We post those. Then we have live stream packages where people can sign up and they can actually... We only live stream our panels, though. We don't mm. live stream the actual mm. breakout sessions or workshops because we think that those, you know... I get asked about that sometimes, like, you know, why don't you just maybe do a a, a podcast type, you know, an audio recording. And I always say, you know, doing an audio recording of a live presentation is like being forced to watch TV without picture on. (laughs) It's, It's not that it's bad. It's just it's not designed for audio only. Mm-hmm. You know, so if someone was writing and they know they're writing audio only, they're going to write differently than when they have a set and a scene and, you know, visual elements mm-hmm. um, in place. So we do make the panels available um, via live stream. There are different package rates on that. But um, so people, we do have people around the world who actually sign up and watch those. It's usually about $100 somewhere in there, but uh, they're able to sign up and, and watch from anywhere in the globe where there's internet access and, and do that. But then, we do, you know, smaller interviews and things like that. Like on our Thursday opening, we always do a presenter rollout. And that is something that we interview a lot of our presenters live. 
And so during that, we live stream that at, at no cost or anything like that. And it's just, you know, the idea behind that is that it gives people a chance to kind of see who the individuals are, you know, more as people than a quick interview setting and learn a little more about them before the conference of actually kicks in the gear on Friday morning. Right. Okay, so that's all my questions. <laughs> so do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to uh, tell the listeners out there? Well, if you haven't been to a conference, I, I really think you'll need to give it to yourself. D- do that. Um, I, you may be the rare individual that doesn't get anything out of it. I, I don't know of anybody who goes to a conference and comes away feeling like, boy, I sure wasted my money on that. <laughs> because everybody, you know, it seems, in my experience, 99% of the people who go are uplifted and inspired by the by the experience especially rubbing shoulders with the people they know online the people they uh, they hold up a high regard for uh, the the information they learn uh i think gerald is writing his assessment that it's it's a people thing first and then it's a it's a an education thing second you know it's it's really about meeting people right. yep and so from from my side i i would you know, echo a lot of that and, and saying that, you know, well, I'll put it this way. One of the questions I used to get asked more than I do now is, what's my ROI going to be on attending the <laughs> conference? <laughs> yeah. And I, I understand what they're asking, but this goes to your question about, you know, what people should expect or different things is, is that you have to understand the nature of the event you're going to. Vio Atlanta or Wovo, for that matter, are peer-based events, mm-hmm. Okay. Meaning it's not a client, it's not a B to C type thing where all these businesses are there and we're inviting in all these potential customers to come and buy your widgets. Mm. That's 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 where you measure ROI when you tend to you, you arrive with 500 widgets and how many widgets did you sell? Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, coming to a conference like ours is peer-based. So it's more about engagement interacting with a community of people who do the same type of work that you do. And uh, the example I use is that a dentist wouldn't go to a dental convention and say, how many, you know, what's my ROI? How many new clients did I get? Because it's not, it's not the nature of the event. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. people have to really do that assessment and understand what they're coming to in the first place Mm -hmm. and what they leave with. I often say is a bag of seed. You know, we're not we're not there to give you all the answers. We're there to give you the resources and tools you need to go back and get to work. Right. Yeah. Because that's mm-hmm. the thing. We're not, you know, it's not our job to make you successful. It's our job to hopefully clear the window a little bit for you, you know, so that you can see more clearly when you leave. You're a little more motivated and encouraged. Give you the tools, yeah give you those tools, you know, but it's up to you to go out there and apply that elbow grease. It's up to you to make those phone calls. It's up to you to follow up. It's up to you to engage, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's the stuff that's very much going to be yours when you leave. (laughs) Yep. Well, that's a fantastic way to end it. So where do people go to find out more information about your conferences? Dave, Wovocon? World-voices.org. We'll have uh, postings from this last year's event, and we'll be working to put uh, information up about the the next event in 2018. We're we're choosing a date as we speak, and we'll have that information up uh, pretty soon. So world-voices.org. Okay, and uh, VO Atlanta? It's voatlanta.me. All right, awesome. Well, Gerald Griffith from Vio Atlanta, Dave Corvossier from Voivo, thanks so much for coming on. That was a really, really great chat, and there's so much information there, it's going to take a, people a long time to unpack all that. So 
Thanks for coming on. Well, Jamie, thanks to you for uh, for, for offering that uh, opportunity to talk about it. I, I think it's probably something that not a lot of people think about is uh, the work that goes into and the opportunities that are available at voiceover conferences. Thank you. Yes, thanks. Much appreciate it. So there we are, everything you wanted to know about voiceover conferences without actually having to go. <laughs> Thank you to Gerald Griffith and Dave Corvassier for their contributions to this episode. Uh, really, really interesting and their insights are invaluable, I think. And also thank you to everyone who submitted questions for this episode. Uh, they were three very good questions and hopefully you got them answered to a satisfactory degree. As I mentioned before, don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash VOSchoolPodcast, and on Twitter at VOSchoolPro. Get in touch if you have anything you want to ask me or the guests, and if you have any suggestions for topics to be covered in future episodes. We had a discussion on the Facebook group the other day about doing an episode with... Well, I was going to say newbie, but maybe that's not the right word. Beginners to the industry and um, having a bit of a Q&A with some newbies and, oh, I said it again, beginners <laughs> and established talent and uh, really have a back and forth because it's very easy for us to lose sight of what it's like to start. Um, so anyway, I won't bore you any longer. Thank you to everyone for coming on and thank you for listening and I'll see you next time. Thank you to this week's guests, Dave Corvassier and Gerald Griffith. Thanks also to J. Michael Collins and Backstage Magazine. Join us next week for another class. <laughs>